We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep. Today we have a panel for you from Fandemic 2022 featuring Tom Payne, aka Paul Jesus Rovia, and Seth Gilliam, aka Father Gabriel Stokes, both from The Walking Dead. The panel is moderated by Jason Cabassi of Walking Dead Cast. You may know Jason Cabassi from a previous podcast. He also moderated a panel with Samantha Morton, Cassidy McClincy, and Thor Birch, dubbed The Whispers Panel. Those actors in order are Lydia, Alpha, and Gamma, aka Mary. He did an excellent job both in this panel and the last one. The link to that panel is also in the podcast description, both the episode on audio and also a link to our playlist of walker stalker videos including this panel a little context before we proceed essentially ross marquin was supposed to be one of the actors on this panel he plays aaron on the walking dead he must have had some sort of scheduling conflict or wasn't feeling quite up to it but the other two really fill in the gaps the panel is kind of funny and goes into some serious things about acting in this business you'll notice also that seth Gilliam's voice is a bit shot. Well, he kind of ruined it the night before, partying with everybody and really just enjoying being with the fans. Yeah, it's a bit of a struggle, but he he was probably the most funny person on this panel and mentioned some things that he has mentioned in the past, but there is a bit of an update to <laughs> some of the more sour moments in his Walking Dead career now that he's being appreciated more as a character. So without further ado, thank you for listening to this preamble and please enjoy Tom Payne, Seth Gilliam, and our dear friend Jason Cabassi from Walking Dead cast. And by the way, it was really good to meet him at Fandemic 2022. We talked a little bit. I didn't even know he knew that we existed, but apparently he does. Shout out to you, Jason. You did a great job with this panel. Without further ado, enjoy the panel. With television is that you never know what's coming and you can't really fully prepare like you would for a movie um, or a play. Um, where you have a beginning, middle, and an end to a character. So it can be, and what ended up happening with me, it can be very frustrating because you're, you're trying to do all the work that you can do, but you have no idea of actually what you're going to be given to work with. Um, and, and I think, you know, I think ultimately, as much as I, I'm really happy and proud that I did all the work that I needed to do, I think I didn't help myself and did myself a disservice because I was looking forward to certain things that had no guarantee of happening. Um, and that's as it turned out. <laughs> thank you very much for thank interesting. You. And Seth, thank you for being such a badass. <laughs> thank you. I'm short. Hi. Me too. Yeah. All right. I think this. Holy cow. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're gonna do this. Hi, I'm Felicia. I'm from Minneapolis. Hey, Felicia. Hi. Um, okay. So, this is a question for both of you regarding perspective and how it can change when you are at the beginning of something and nearing towards the end of something. Um, for um, Tom, you have a different perspective with yours because, Seth, you're still currently on the show. Um, as this whole um, beast is winding down to a close, um, what has been your perspective on, well, at the beginning, I thought I believed in this, or I thought I knew this about myself, but as it came to that end, wow, it didn't turn out the way it did, or I learned something different than I thought I would. That's a really good question, because there's definitely, and I think everyone goes on a journey 
um, with the show and with your career. You know, everyone has a certain journey. Um, with the show, I didn't... My first premiere of the show was going to Madison Square Garden in, uh, for season six, and it completely blew my mind. I was like, because I didn't watch the show at the beginning, and I knew Andy, and they'd been going for six years, and I knew people watched it, and it was a big deal. But there was nothing like being in Madison Square Garden and, and actually being a bit scared <laughs> about the whole thing. These guys all got up on stage and were like, oh, this is... Th and the whole of Madison Square Garden's going crazy. That was a, um, a big deal. And then I was kind of... I enjoyed the whole riding the wave of Walking Dead and going through it and having the long hair and the beard and you know, getting recognized in public and you know, being slightly famous is, is, is a fun deal. But then it was really nice to be able to cut it all off and um, play, the, play the other part and, and do that. And I guess the perspective really is going on that roller coaster and joining the biggest television show in the world, um, but then it not quite ending up being going exactly how you want it to be, but having all this fame and like, you know, I bought a house during, you know, all that kind of stuff. It definitely like changed my life, but it didn't necessarily make me like happier. You know, like it, it definitely helped me in aspects of my life, but um, it was nice to be able to kind of realize what was really important during, during the whole journey. And actually, the conventions um, and meeting the fans were a huge part of my whole journey with Walking Dead. And if I'm truly honest, my favorite part of the whole experience. Because, and I really feel that um, all actors should um, go to conventions or like at least meet their fans, because I think it's easy to become disconnected. Um, and it's so important. Like, it's like, that's why I... <laughs> That's why actors should do theatre. You know, you should connect with the people that are giving you your livelihood. You know, and, and The Walking Dead was such a big deal, and there's so many people all around the world involved in it. And yes, it's nice to go and be like, oh yeah, I'm that guy off that TV show, but it's lovely to come and look in someone's eyes, and give them a hug, and take a picture. And that's honestly the biggest thing they took away from the whole thing. So the perspective has really been about that, and about why you do it, and what you're doing it for. Because before then, it was like, I want to do the biggest job, I want to be in movies, and yeah, I want to be on the biggest show on television. But then understanding what that really means. Um, and, and it's, yeah, it's been really great. And I really, I really feel like anyone who's got a big head about being an actor or like making loads of money or like being famous, like, it's all rubbish. <laughs> it's all complete BS. And you should really like come down and meet the people, I think. Sorry, rambling answer. I, I don't know if I have time to <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> um, my perspective, interesting that you mentioned Madison Square Garden. I had my mother there who doesn't really watch the show. She sat in the front row and I got booed by 15,000 people. <laughs> I sat on the stage of Madison Square Garden, saw every other actor announced to get a huge, rousing, ovation. They introduced me. I got booed. I jumped up. Basically said, <laughs> and sat back down and thought, fuck this crowd. <laughs> yes, now it's, now it's So my perspective has changed completely. I didn't want to go to conventions and meet these fans who booed me. Um, but I found that 
I do love the interactions with the fans, knowing whether uh, or not they're getting the story that I'm trying to tell. And that's been uh, enlightening. I've been able to travel the world and see what, uh, how my acting is perceived and received, um, which has been very helpful. And the character has changed over the years to the point where uh, now he kills and people love him. <laughs> Bloodlusty crowd. Um, so my perspective is one now of um, uh, that uh, that people are capable of change, and um, just like Father Gabriel has changed. The reception to him has changed, and um, the things people say to me on the street have changed. I mean, I always admire the actors that play the super flawed, unlikable characters, because they have to go through that, but we need all those kinds of characters, and it kills me, like, Brighton Charbonneau who played Lizzie, she was 11 years old, she was getting death threats online, you know? Like, just... People need to separate the characters from the parts. But that's what Josh came off social media because of all that stuff. Yeah. I got death threats before fucking Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're not on two death threats and left social media. I got 12. <laughs> Fuck Josh. <laughs> but you came to all the conventions anyway, and I feel like you had a pretty good reputation for fans enjoying their interactions with you from the start. Right? Well. I guess. <laughs> you did. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Good question. Hi. Uh, hi. My name is Casey and my question is for Tom. So one of my favorite things about your character was I really love Jesus's friendship with Maggie. Mm -hmm. So my question is, what do you think Jesus would feel about Maggie's like loyalty to the hilltop and choosing to stay back and rebuild instead of taking her people to the commonwealth? Uh, I think he'd really like that. He'd be also asking her, where did you go? And where were you when I got killed? <laughs> and um, why did you abandon us? Um, but cool, good for you, you're still alive. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I think it'd be great. I mean, literally everyone died. So like, who else is going to be the leader? Oh, she better come back and be the leader. So. Um, I mean, honestly, I think he'd be like, good for you, you're still alive, brilliant. Um, but I think in the, in the big swing of things, uh, yeah, I think it's great that she's back in, in, um, in charge. I mean, he was always like a big champion of hers and um, wanted her to be, you know, in a more powerful position. And he was very supportive of her. Um, yeah, he was very supportive of her. <laughs> there was one... This is on tape, isn't it? Or whatever, I'm not on the show anymore. Yes, so, um, <laughs> there was a moment at the end of, uh, it was an episode, season eight, when um, <laughs> she was like, I'm gonna get revenge on Negan. Uh, and uh, they wanted me to be like, yeah, we will. And I had spent the whole season um, being kind of anti killing Negan and anti-fighting people and anti all that kind of stuff um, and so it was me going yeah we will and then Norman coming out of the shadows and going yeah we will and I just refused to do it and I said I, I, I didn't say the line I said the line and kind of like yeah we will like kind of just like kind of half supporting and they cut it out 
Um, and, uh, and then they killed me the next season. <laughs> um, but it's really hard for me to... And I told them at the time, like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I can't lie on camera because you'll be able to tell. And I spent the whole season being against war and against all this kind of stuff. And as much as my character would support Maggie, I felt like it was a bit of a um, weird thing for him to do, and like I couldn't do, I couldn't do it truthfully as an actor, um, and I w and I just refused to. So they cut it out. <laughs> but um, but I feel like he he would have been very supportive of where she is, and and um, but he would want to have a discussion with her, as he did that whole season. I was like talking to her about, are you sure you're going to do this? Wait, what's this about? Blah 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 blah. Um, I think it's a shame that they're not there together right now, because I think that would be really nice. But um, Maybe a resurrection. Yeah, they did that with a flashback, like three episodes later, which I thought was kind of fun. They did, a, they did that flashback where I gave the pact to Kari or whatever in the, in the thing, that was fun. But, um, but yeah, I think you'd be happy for her, because she's still alive. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I see we've got five minutes left, so as much as possible, maybe we can try to rapid fire through the rest of you guys' questions. Go ahead. Hi. Sorry, that's my fault. Hi, this question is for Tom and Seth. Yeah. Um, you spoke about your frustrations about not getting what you want for your character. Uh, what is something you learned about how to express those frustrations to your boss? <laughs> and, uh, Don't tell them you won't do stuff, because they'll kill you. <laughs> Especially on that show. I mean, what, what do you not do? What do you do and what do you not do? What is the appropriate thing? What is something maybe you regret doing or anything at all? It's really hard. You can't, you don't have any power as an actor, is what you learn, really. Unless you're, like on Prodigal Son, I was like the lead of the show, you have a bit more power then. But ultimately, you don't have any power as an actor, and it's very frustrating. Um, especially if you feel like you've invested in the part and you know the part, and it comes from you. It's really hard when you get into those situations, it's really hard. So I don't know if I've, I don't know what I've learned really. It's just like shut up and get on with it, but that's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> because you want to give it your all, but then. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, you want to. I, I, I've learned that um, using logic um, helps to, uh, to, uh, to express vent frustration with your boss. If you've got a logical, rational argument that you can make your behalf, then it kind of shuts them up and makes them think. So you can actually change their minds sometimes. So you can change their minds in that way. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, man. Next. Hi, I'm Darian. Um, I'm from Michigan, and this is for Tom. Uh, so I love Malcolm. Did you have to do any preparation for his part? Like I said before, like I, um, so I read up on the, you know, the profiling and serial killers and all that kind of stuff, but ultimately, um, Malcolm was just a big open wound, basically, so that's ultimately how I approached that job and every scene um, was just to be completely emotionally open and um, see where the scene went um, and that was it and that requires a lot as well because then you're just emotion, you're just mm. like on edge the whole time but, but it made for a good um, performance I think so yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Hey. Okay. And this is a question for Seth. Um, you said, like, when you first joined the show, you got you got a lot of hate. What's the rudest thing you said to a fan? <laughs> there are children here, <laughs> but <laughs> it's basically a line from uh, *Raging Bull*. 
Your mother sucks big elephant dicks. <laughs> Hi, my name is Hanako and I'm from Atlanta. I have a question for Seth. Um, so I see that you've recently signed on to do the Teen Wolf movie and I'm so happy to see that. My question is, what will you have to do as an actor to move from Father Gabriel's mindset back to Deaton and also to revisit a character that you've been removed from for several years? He has to put his lines in a different book. <laughs> Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. Uh, you start with uh, going back and watching uh, the six seasons of Teen Wolf and trying to remember who it was you created because you've been living in another skin, um, essentially, uh, for a few years. So I'm going to watch what I did. Hopefully that will remind me what I did and I can recreate the character. Um, I, I don't carry Father Gabriel around with me. Um, I kind of slip into that when I go to work. So I, I don't imagine it's gonna be a big block for me to, uh, to slide back into Deaton's shoes, Deaton's skin. Um, I'm hoping that's gonna be the case. And uh, I, I read the first 20 pages of, uh, of the Teen Wolf movie and it is fantastic. It's, it's fantastic, and it's, very, it's a very different world. Um, they're apples and oranges, the characters. So I don't imagine it should be very difficult. Um, I hope I'm not hexing myself by saying that. <laughs> One other thing, um, I said this to you similarly in Sonoya a couple of weeks ago, but the hate that you give for what you do as Father Gabriel, just please attribute that to the fantastic job that you do as that character. Thank you. Okay, last question. Hi. Hi, I am also short. Um, I'm Adrian, and my question is for Tom. Yesterday at the booth, you told me that they're making a sequel to The Physician, and my question is, like, how are you feeling about that, and are you excited to return to the role of Rob Cole after, you know, a decade of being without him? Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about that, that it's 10 years since I did that um, part, and it's this kind of trying to make it almost a direct continuation, which is kind of funny, because I don't think I look exactly the same as I did. I, I, don't, I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, I know. We're, we're going to mess around with it, I think. But um, no, I'm really excited. Like I was saying earlier on, I've, I've been doing television now for like seven years or something, and it's really, I can't wait to go back and do a movie. Like I'm sure Seth's really excited about going, just knowing what the beginning, middle, and end of a story is. And I, I have the script for the um, Physician sequel, and, and it's great, and I'm really excited. And, and it's, again, in like a medieval world, and it's completely different from Walking Dead and Prodigal Son. And, so I'm really excited. Excited to, we'll be filming um, back in Europe again, which will be really nice. It's like you're going back in time. Yeah, it really will be. Um, I mean, we were supposed to shoot during COVID, and then that messed up um, between seasons of Prodigal Son. But, um, but hopefully, fingers crossed, um, next year I'll be going back to Europe and doing a great, like, we don't make those kind of movies that often anymore, like this big, like, medieval epic movie, so I'm really excited to get back and do that, yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much, everyone. Uh, wait, hold up. I want to first thank Seth for coming and doing this, even though your voice is shot. I appreciate you making the time and coming on stage. Uh, thank you.
thank you guys for some great questions. Your, your questions have gotten better over the years. I feel yeah. like you guys They're are really, really on point. And uh, let's th let's give it up for these guys one more time. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you for coming. so much that you enjoyed that panel with Tom Payne and Seth Gilliam, moderated by Jason Cabassi. If you like what you heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. Leave us five stars and an eggplant to let us know that you love us, but tell us what you liked, tell us what you didn't like, but tell us after every episode. Use it as a means of communication to let us know what we could be doing better, how good we're doing things, and if you just want to get something off your chest. Make sure to leave us your social media handles so that we can tag you in posts when we post your rating on social media. And if you really, really like us, consider creating a free account at ko-fi.com and just following us at ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead. You'll know when we record our episodes, you'll know when we leave a copy of the unedited episode recordings, of which we have some of the Pandemic 22 materials. A link to that is in the description. And you'll also know when we do anything special behind the scenes, things that we do not post on social media. The only way you're going to find out is if you follow us for free at ko-fi.com. Then when you feel like it, you can always tip us by buying us a coffee to receive 30 days of access to our supported back content. Or if you decide to take the plunge, you can join a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month named the Walkers tier. And as always, our Survivors and Whispers tier members get shout outs at the end of every episode. So if you decide to join that tier, your name will be rattled off at the end to thank you for helping us deliver this content to the masses. Starting with the Survivors tier, thank you, Aliza Jones 71 on Instagram, Jasmine, jasmine.iac on Instagram, Bridget, girl on Twitter, and Ate My First Rodeo on Instagram, at RealRyanGM on Twitter, and FanArtLindy, ko-fi.com slash FanArtLindy. And of course, let's thank our Whispers tier members who are at Judith.Morton on Instagram, at Aiden underscore Atkin underscore on Instagram, and at AidenTheRaven on Twitter, at TylerPhilipCox on Instagram and Twitter, at FrostedAngel67 on Twitter, at Sandy.D.Morton Morrison on Facebook, at J13Voorhees on Instagram and Twitter, and at RitasFan2 on both Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for making this podcast happen. Thank you for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next podcast episode, a panel hosted by Felicia Ray talking about what the Walking Dead universe means to you. Stay tuned, folks.